Our God reigns forever. And uh, we can say that truth this morning. We'll be able to say that next week and the week after and the week after and the week after and so on and so forth because our God reigns and uh, we can celebrate that together. Well, I can't tell you how excited I am to be able to share God's word with you this morning. And uh, it took everything within me not to just put the whole message uh, through social media over the past week because everything that I studied with like having the wait to share it to this morning was a struggle uh, to just wait to be able to share. But I'm delighted to share God's word together this morning. So go ahead and open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Some of you will remember when you were in school taking tests. And uh, one of the, the test formats that uh, sometimes I liked and sometimes I didn't were true-false tests. How many of you remember true-false questions on exams? The times that I enjoyed the true-false questions was when I really wasn't quite sure what the answers were because I got a 50-50 chance of getting it right. <laughs> so my odds, you would think, would be okay, better than just having to write like a fill-in-the-blank if you don't know. Good luck. But with true or false, you have a 50-50 chance of getting the answers right. Uh, for those of you maybe that aren't familiar with that or you don't remember that, there would be a statement and you'd have to write true or false. Whether that statement about whatever we were studying was actually true or false. But the true-false ones that I never really enjoyed were the true-false where you had to say true or false, but then you had to say why it was false if it was not correct. How many of you remember those? Those were just evil. Those, those, you get all excited about the true-false, 50-50 chance, but then you have to correct what's wrong in the statement. Uh, what those true-false tests would be is, is not only asking you to take a guess if you didn't know, but they would want you to know exactly why the answer was incorrect, and you'd have to put the right answer. So you really had to know your stuff when it came to those exams. Well, I, I'm not thinking of a true-false exam, but I believe the reason John is now covering the material he's going to cover in the passage before us this morning is he wants the believer in Jesus Christ to be fully informed regarding the truth and regarding falsehoods, regarding the truth and regarding that which is untrue or lies. And John's going to address that in 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6 this morning, as he encourages the believer in Christ to know who Jesus Christ is and who he is not. To know what teaching is true and accurate and real and what teaching is false. And I'll tell you, that's so vitally important even today for you and I as believers in Christ to know the truth. But beyond knowing the truth, knowing also what is false. And I think John lays it out for us. So if you'll follow along in your copy of God's word this morning, 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. John writing says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Verse 4. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world. 
Therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Again, John lays out in this passage a test. To test the spirits, he says. To test the teaching that they would be receiving, that they would be hearing, to know what they believe and why they believe it. A test that John is going to lay out for them in regards to the true teaching from God and that teaching which is false and from man. And so I believe John lays out some encouragement and some challenges for us this morning to see in this passage that I think is important as we too evaluate all that we see and take in and hear and process as we seek to follow after Jesus in the world we are living in. And so first, I want to see that John says, first of all, to be aware. To be aware. Verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. John wants the believer to be aware right at the beginning here that falsehoods do exist. He wants them to understand and and be aware of the demonic presence that is prevalent in the world. He wants them to be aware of the false teachers and antichrists that he's already made mention of that are in the world. Beloved, don't believe every spirit. Don't believe every teaching that you hear because there are many false prophets in the world and that remains true even today, church. You see, it's interesting because John says, test the spirits, and he uses that testing of the spirits synonymous with the false prophets that are in the world. In other words, it is false spirits or demonic spirits or spirits that belong and are of the devil that would produce the false teaching and false prophets that are in the world. He says, test the spirits because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And we need to understand that this morning. John closed out chapter 3 in verse 24 by telling the believer that we know that we abide in God and that God abides in us. How? By the Spirit whom He has given to us. You see, John closes chapter 3 by saying we know that we belong to God. We know that God is in us by the Spirit that he's given to us. And then he begins right away in chapter 4 by saying, listen though, test the spirits to see whether they're from God or not because many false teachers have gone out into the world. Again, John makes clear who belongs to God and who does not. He's emphasized again and again that the true follower of Christ will confess Christ and follow Christ and be obedient to Christ And now he calls them to be aware that not everyone is going to agree with this. I know you already know that. If I were to make the statement, listen, not everyone in this world believes that Jesus is the Christ. You would understand and agree with that and know that that's true. But you would also agree, I would hope, that not all that say they know or belong or believe in Jesus also believe that it is in Christ Jesus alone that there is salvation. And that it's in Christ Jesus alone that there is forgiveness of sins. 
He says, do not believe every spirit. Test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is a warning. Be aware. And I believe as Christians, as followers of Christ today, we need to be aware that there are many false teachers, false prophets, false teaching that is prevalent in the world we find ourselves living in today. We need to be aware of this. I had a conversation with one of my daughters on Friday evening. One of her sisters said something that made her upset and she was crying. Believe it or not, that happens <laughs> between siblings. But one of my daughters told another one of my daughters something that she was very upset about and she was in tears over it. It was something very unkind that one of my girls said. Now, she meant it as a joke. She, she couldn't understand why my daughter was so upset. She's like, I meant it as a joke. She knew I was joking, but it was something very unkind. So I sat down with my, my daughter that was upset and I said, honey, you need to understand something. I said, listen... I said, there are going to be a lot of times when you live in this life that people are going to say unkind and hurtful things to you. They're going to say things to you that will make you upset and make you feel bad. I said, your sister was joking. She loves you. But there will be people who do not love you and who do not care about you that will say hurtful things about the way you look or the way you act about being probably shorter in stature because you're not blessed with tall genes. There'll be people who will seek to hurt you. But what you have to remember, I told her, is who does God see you as? You're created in his image. You're his child. Your value and your worth and your beauty is not based upon what someone says to you, but what God says. We had that conversation but I had to make my daughter aware that there will be those in this world that will not care about her, that will be unkind, and that will say things that are not true to her, but she needs to believe the right voices. She needs to believe what God says first. If you're a parent today, you understand why that's so important to have that conversation with your kids. If you're not a parent, you understand why it was important that your parents had that conversation with you or that you came to understand that reality. And I believe John is making clear that same reality for the believer that they have to understand. Not everyone is going to believe that Jesus is who he said he is. Not every teaching that you hear concerning Christ, not every uh, uh, a prophet, quote-unquote, that you hear concerning Christ is going to be true, real, and authentic. And so you need to be aware, child of God, that many false prophets, false teachers, false religions, false spirits are in the world today. Uh, Paul echoed this in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, where he said, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. Listen, our adversary, the devil, he is cunning, he is deceitful, he is the father of lies. Think about from the very beginning in the Garden of Eden what it was that that serpent said to Adam and to Eve what he said to the woman Eve and then what she gave to her husband. Has God said that you will die if you eat of that fruit? You will not die. But you will be like God. 
Would you consider in the temptation of Jesus where Jesus had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and he was in the wilderness and the devil came to tempt him and he would provide Jesus with scripture in tempting him. And Jesus would see through that, obviously, and be victorious over that. But our adversary is deceitful. And he knows God's word. And will even attempt to use it. And John, in combating the false teaching that was coming into the church concerning Christ, in combating the false teaching that we talked about already in previous works, that Jesus was not the Son of God, that Jesus is not Savior, that Jesus is not God made flesh, that Jesus is not all that there is from the Father for salvation. And he says, test the spirits, that they are from God. Test the teaching that you're hearing the proclamation that you're hearing as to whether or not it is from God because many false teachers, many false prophets have come into the world. Believer, be aware today. We need to be aware. Secondly, I believe John goes on to say, be informed, verses 2 and 3. By this, you know the Spirit of God. So after he says, test the Spirit's A natural question would be if we're following John's advice here and listening to what John says is, okay, John, how, right? How? Test the spirits whether they're from God or not. Know whether they're from God or whether they're false. Know whether they're from the Spirit of God or from that which is in the world and he who is in the world. Test the spirits. Well, how? And he says, verse 2, by this you know the Spirit of God. Here's how you know. Here's the test. Here's the litmus test. Here's how you know. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. John lays it out very plain and very simply. He says, here's how you know of a spirit or a teacher, the one proclaiming something to you, and the one that is behind that teaching is from God. If they confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, it is from God. And everyone that does not confess Jesus is not from God. It's centered around Jesus Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Jesus is the focal point. Jesus is the key. And friends, it is only because of Jesus today that you and I are alive in God. It's only because of Jesus Christ that we have forgiveness of sins. It's only because of Jesus Christ that we have forgiveness and relationship with the Father. And John says, this is how you know If you want to know if someone is teaching truth, ask the question, what do they believe about Jesus? Is Christ alone Savior or is he not? Is Christ the only way, truth, and life or is he not? Is Jesus Christ the Son of God or is he not? He goes on to say, Every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. He says so crystal clearly. He's not only saying this is how we know that the spirit of God is behind this teaching, that the teaching is coming from the spirit of God, but he's also saying this is how we know that the teaching is coming from the devil and not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, he says. 
I encourage you to listen this morning. Listen to this reality this morning that any teaching, any doctrine, any belief system, any quote-unquote religion, any movement, any following that does not teach the birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that does not teach the gospel of Jesus Christ as presented so clearly in the scriptures, any teaching that does not preach Christ crucified, risen again, and coming again, that Jesus alone is the way, the truth, the life, that Jesus Christ alone is sufficient for salvation, that teaching is not from the Spirit of God, and that teaching is not from God and must be rejected. Because it is Jesus Christ alone for salvation. And John is telling the believer, be aware. He's telling the believer, be informed. Be informed. Do you see why Christology, the doctrine concerning Jesus Christ, should be of such value and importance for you and I as believers today? We need to know Christ. We need to know what we believe concerning Christ according to the scriptures. Because it's by knowing Christ that we have assurance that we are in Him, that we can even have relationship with the Father, and that we can identify the false teaching that is prevalent in the world in which we live. I remember when I was in high school, and it's still a hot item today, were Air Jordan sneakers, shoes. Air Jordans. And I remember in high school, I had all kinds of pairs of Air Jordans, and, and I would cut grass, mow grass, save money, just so that I could buy Air Jordans. My parents would, would at the beginning of the school year, they would allot a certain amount of money that were for school shoes, tennis shoes, uh, basketball shoes. And if I wanted shoes that were more expensive than that, I had to kick in the rest of it, right? And so I wanted Air Jordans, so I would kick in the rest of it. Now, I'd be working a full-time job 40 hours a week to make it. Some of these things are so expensive. The sneakers today are ridiculously expensive. But I remember when I was in high school, some Air Jordans, they might be like around 100 bucks or so. And so I would, I would kick in the extra money to buy those Air Jordans. But uh, I remember after I graduated from high school and I was in college and and was paying for school, and I was working, and, and everything that was going on, if I wanted to buy a pair of Air Jordans, that was something that probably wasn't going to happen, because I had no money to do that. But I remember you could, you could buy knockoff Air Jordans. They were, they were like a cheaper version of Air Jordans, and they looked very similar, and you can do that today even with a lot of different items but I remember that they had these knockoff Air Jordans, and people actually made YouTube videos, and you can still watch YouTube videos today, of how to spot fake Air Jordans, the knockoffs, so that you know when you're buying them from a private party or whatever that you're getting the authentic real thing. And it was detail, about details you would look at on these shoes to be able to spot a counterfeit and to be able to spot the authentic real deal Air Jordan shoe. And I became, like, really good at that. Like, I knew my Air Jordans because those are just so important, aren't they? <laughs> but I would spend time researching that and knowing all the things that you would look for to, to detail what is right and what is not, what is authentic, what is fake for a pair of shoes. Believer, I wonder when was the last time that we spent that kind of care and detail in study of God's Word 
to know what we know concerning Jesus Christ. Because there are many fake teachers promoting fake doctrine in the world in which we live. It is our responsibility as a believer in Jesus Christ to be informed. We need to do the hard work of studying, examining, and knowing what we believe and why we believe it according to the word of God so that we can spot the false teaching that is prevalent in the world we live in today. Paul said in 2 Timothy 2, 15-17, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. A worker has no need to be ashamed rightly handling the word of truth, but avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. We need to be informed. I wonder, when was the last time we spent the detailed care in study of God's word in knowing Christ, as we do on so many other things that we inform ourselves about? John tells the believer here that there are many spirits that do not confess Christ, that are in the world already, and this is how you know them. This is how you know them. Be informed. Now, if we pause for a moment, this could be a little bit troubling, couldn't it, for the believer as John begins this chapter and as he's continuing on. Telling the believers, be careful what you know because there are many false prophets, false spirits that are in the world. They're teaching things that are not true. There are many that are even confessing Christ but not in truth. And there are many who are spreading lies and it's damaging, it's destructive. This could be discouraging. Your enemy wants to destroy you. Your enemies are great. The world, he says previously, they're not going to know you or understand you. They're going to hate you. They're going to want to use you. They're going to want to persecute you. He uses the example earlier of Cain slaying his brother Abel out of hatred for him, who is a murderer. He makes the case that those that do not know God, they're children of the devil, and they will hate you. And now he tells them, listen, you got to test the spirits. you got to know what you're doing. you got to be informed. you got to be aware because there are many enemies. There are many false teachers. There are many false prophets. But in the midst of all of that, John inserts what I think is just a beautiful reminder in verse 4. This is the third point today is be encouraged, he says in verse 4. Be encouraged. I love this verse. This is just a, a beautiful verse that John pens here after all that he's already been sharing. Just listen to what he says here. Little children. I love that he says that John, as a caring spiritual father that cares for his children in the Lord, he says, little children, it's this term of endearment, you are from God. Think of the encouragement here. You are from God and have overcome them. It's incredible. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Can I get an amen to that? Let me read this again. Listen to what he says. He just gets done telling them, listen, 
There's people that are of the devil in the world. They hate you. They don't love you. They're not going to understand you. They can't understand you, and they can't know and understand God because their hearts and minds are blinded by the God of this world, by the devil. There are evil spirits and false spirits in the world, false teachers, false doctrine. You need to be on your guard because they hate you, believer. And then he inserts verse 4. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Be encouraged today as a child of God. I love this. I love this. Little children, children of God, you are of God. You belong to God. And notice what he says, you have overcome them. Why? Not because of your skill or because of your great power or because of your great knowledge or because of your great works. He says you have overcome them. Why? Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Jesus Christ is greater. And the Spirit of God is greater than anything in the world. You are of God, little children, and you have overcome them. This, to me, is like a pumped-up rallying cry that John gives to the believer here. I know some of you have seen, there's YouTube videos or on Instagram or Facebook when people are in the gym and they're going to be lifting weights. We have a lot of people that I'm friends with in the church, some guys that lift weights that are powerlifters, and when they're going to go for a personal record, and there's like football teams that do this and other people that do this. They're really neat videos that when people are going to go for a personal record in the gym with lifting, if they're doing a bench press and they're going to do for a personal record, they have like the whole team or people that are like standing behind them, like getting them, like rubbing their shoulders and getting them all excited. And then when they go and they lay down on it, they're like, they get all pumped up and they lay down, take their breath, they lay down and they start yelling and everybody around them is yelling like, Get it, you got it, you got it. This is, and they're just screaming. And like, I'm watching a video and I want to be like, get it, yeah. Like, I want to go crazy watching it. And they're so excited. They're cheering them on. They're pumped up. And the person is struggling. They get up and then they finally bench press and put it down. And they sit up and everybody attacks them. And they're hitting them and they're pounding them. And they're like, you did it. And everybody's celebrating together. Like, that's my warped mind of what John's doing here. John's telling the believer, listen, little children, you are of God. You have overcome them because the one who is in you is just plain greater than the one who is in the world. Can I encourage you today, church? No matter who or what you face this week, our God is just greater. And he is in you. And he is in you. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. There's power in that. There's confidence in that. There's peace in that. Be encouraged. Number four, John goes on, I believe, verse five says, be reminded. Be reminded. Look at verse five. Right after he says all this, you've overcome them, greater is the one who is in you than he that is in the world. And then he says, verse 5, they, speaking about the enemies of God, speaking about those that do not know Christ, they are from the world. 
Therefore, they speak from the world and the world listens to them. Be reminded, be reminded that they are from the world. They're not of God. So what they say is from the world. What they believe is from the world. And the world will follow and listen to them. Be reminded of this. Be reminded of who you are and who they are. Back in 1 John chapter 3. Revisit that passage with me. 1 John chapter 3 verses 7 to 10. Listen to what John says. Little children. Again, little children. This term that John uses. He says the same thing here in 1 John 3 verses 7 to 10. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. Be reminded, believer. Be reminded that those who do not know God will not act like those and will not produce what those that know God produce. Be reminded that those that do not know God will not value the things of God. Those that are not from God will not value the people of God. And the world will love them. Because they are of the world. We need to understand this morning that just because someone has a large following of people, it does not mean they are from God. Just because someone's teaching or message happens to garner support or acknowledgement from a large gathering of people does not mean God is behind it. Just because a religious system or belief Just because a particular religion has many followers, it does not mean it is from God. He says, they are from the world, they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. Don't forget who he is speaking about when he says this. False teachers, false spirits, those that serve the devil and are children of the devil, those that deny Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, as sufficient, as the only way, truth, and the life. They are false teachers, false prophets, and we need to be reminded of this. But I believe John brings everything to a close and lands this plane, if you will, in verse 6. I believe he says here to be sure. Be sure. He says, we are from God. He includes himself in this. He He says, we are from God. And John speaks of himself as the one who has been delivering this message. He speaks concerning those that have been teaching and proclaiming that which they heard from the beginning as he began his letter. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. John, with great surety, reminds his readers, we are from God. What you've heard from us concerning Jesus Christ, what you've heard from us from the very beginning is the truth. We've not presented some new 
gospel to you. We've not presented some new truth to you, but what you've heard from the beginning, from the moment that you believed in Jesus that you know to be true, that which we've proclaimed to you, you know to be true. We are from God, and what we've proclaimed to you is from God himself. We have seen and our hands have handled. We have touched and seen with our own eyes the word that has been made flesh. The gospel You know what the truth is. Be sure, believer. The one who knows God listens to us. Namely, what John is saying here, the one who knows God listens to God's word. The teaching concerning Jesus Christ. He believes the gospel and believes in Christ. Whoever is not from God does not listen to what God says does not believe what God has said, does not teach what God has said, and does not obey. This, again, is how you know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error, John says. Be sure who you are. Be sure in whom you have believed. Be sure in whom you stand. Do you stand, believe, and know Jesus Christ alone as Savior. Any teaching, church, that you hear that would reject the sufficiency of Jesus Christ alone as Savior, any teaching that would provide another means of salvation apart from Christ, any teaching that would offer hope outside of Jesus is teaching that should be rejected because it would not be coming from God. John makes very clear to the believer in Christ, be aware, be informed, be encouraged, be reminded, be sure in whom you have believed. I feel these are great challenges for us to take this week. Living with great boldness and encouragement that we know in whom we have believed. The one who is in us is just plain greater. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you for the clear presentation that John lays out here, how to know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. How to know that which is from you, Lord, and how to know that which is not from you. My prayer this morning is that we would be faithful in studying your word and knowing Christ so that we can spot the counterfeits when they come. I pray that we would delight in Jesus, that we would be encouraged at the power of God that is within our, with, at work within our own lives because of Jesus. Thank you for the spirit of God who abides in us who is the guarantee of our inheritance, who is the seal of our redemption. Thank you that we know in whom we have believed. I pray that we would be found faithful, Lord, in making great the name of Jesus as we go from here. In his name we pray. Amen. Just before you go, a couple uh, instructions for you. One, again, want to thank you so much for coming this morning and for joining with us. Uh, I hope you've been blessed and encouraged by our time together of singing and, and the preaching of God's word. Uh, what a delight 
uh, to be able to do that this morning. So thank you so much for coming. We've missed all of you and uh, have been faithfully praying for you uh, in these past, I believe it's 13 weeks uh, that we have not been together. And uh, God is faithful and God is good. And so we want to thank you for being here this morning. Uh, I want to let you know as well, just to be watching, uh, we'll be obviously evaluating services today and, and coming up with what our plan will be for next week as far as what's needed to be adjusted because obviously we are, we're new at this uh, as far as adjustments that are being made and so we appreciate you being patient with us uh, and um, be encouraged with us as we continue to meet together. So be watching. Uh, we'll probably have for our services, again, where you'll have to register for a service like we did this week. There may be some different options that you'll see on the website. So just take note of the service that you would seek to register for next week because there may be a couple changes, but we'll seek to communicate that with you early in the week. Um, but we're delighted that you've been here. Uh, as we dismiss today, um, you are going to see when you leave, there'll be an offering plate at the door where you can, if you desire to uh, worship the Lord and you're giving this morning, you can do that. I also appreciate so many of you that have been giving through our app or online. Um, I'm just blown away by how faithful God's people have been in, in supporting the work of the ministry here and worshiping God and their giving, and we thank you for that. But you can do that when you leave if you desire. Uh, to try to maintain some, some distancing as we dismiss, uh, we're going to have our ushers come forward, and they're just going to dismiss row by row. And there are two exits that you can take. We've opened these doors here that some of you, if you desire, can go right out these doors and just right around the building to the parking area. You can certainly fellowship outside if you desire to do that. Some will be able to go out these doors and out the FLC entranceways. Um, but we're just going to do that row by row so everybody's not jam-packed together as we dismiss. Uh, I'm going to be in the back in the foyer, and if you'd love to come chat, I'm happy to talk and, and, and chat it up. Uh, I do... Uh, I am encouraged this morning. Some people told me, they said, man, you look a little different than you did on video. Everybody knows video adds like 30 pounds and, and short, shortens height by like three inches. And so looking taller and thinner today in person, I know. You don't have to tell me that. I already know that. Uh, but uh, again, thank you so much for coming today. Uh, praying that the Lord would encourage you this week. And I hope to see you again next week. If you can't be here next week or don't feel comfortable coming next week, live streaming as well. So you can join us online. Uh, but either way, we encourage you to continue to worship the Lord, continue to be in his word, encourage one another, and just give thanks to our great God. He is so good, isn't he? And uh, so good to see all of you today. So thanks for coming, and our ushers will dismiss you as we leave this morning. Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. Ah, it's kind of weak. Good morning. Yeah, so good to see you this morning, and uh, welcome back. Uh, so good to be together this morning and to be able to sing together, to be able to open God's Word together. I don't know if you were keeping track. I believe it was 13 weeks uh, since we've been together, and uh, in person, that is. And so uh, we're so glad you're with us this morning. Um, what a joy to be able to sing and, and fellowship and uh, sit uh, to hear God's word together as the church. And so thank you for joining us. I want to begin this morning by reading Psalm 95, just a portion of this. Listen to what the psalmist says here. O come, let us sing to the Lord. 
Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it. In his hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. This is an opportunity that we have this morning to be able to come into the presence of our great God, to worship him, to proclaim his goodness and grace, to make much of the name of Christ. And uh, it is a privilege for us to be able to do that today. Let's pray together and just spend a moment thanking and praising our great God for who he is and the opportunity we have today. Father, we are grateful this morning for the opportunity we have to exalt the name of Jesus. Lord, we confess this morning, you alone are God. You are holy. There is none like you, Lord. It is you who has made us. It is you who, have, who has redeemed us. And God, you have made us your children, and we are beyond grateful. Words cannot describe the thanksgiving and gratefulness we have to you for what you have done. Father, we thank you that you know us. You know our rising up and our laying down. You know the words, Lord, before we speak them that are on our tongues. You know our thoughts from afar. You understand the inclination of our hearts. God, you know our actions. You know our day in and day out living. And we thank you, Lord, that knowing us, in Christ, you have loved us and forgiven us. Lord, we know that you alone are God, that you are everlasting to everlasting. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You have all power and all knowledge. You are ever-present. You are eternal. There's no one like you in all of the earth, and you alone are worthy and deserving of all praise and all glory and all honor. And so we come today to worship you, We come today to give thanksgiving to you. We come today to glorify you and to make much of the name of our Savior Jesus. Thank you for the work that has been accomplished through Christ. Thank you that we who were lost are now found in Christ. That we who were condemned have been made alive. That you have, Lord, satisfied your wrath through your Son, Jesus Christ. His death, his burial, and his resurrection. We have life and we praise you today for that. Please be with our time this morning. I pray that everything that we say and do in this place would be done for the glory of our Savior Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together and let's sing to our great God.
You guys can all have a seat. So I just want to talk to a specific group of people. Raise your hand in here if you are a kid. And I can't see anything right now. Raise your hand if you're a kid. Okay, raise your hand if you wish you were a kid. That's everybody else. So on the count of three, I want you to do something for me. Uh, I want you to yell out if you could choose anything to eat tonight for dinner, what that would be. Okay, on three. Everyone do it. One, two, three. Right, if you probably did not say vegetables, you probably did not say broccoli. If you did, you're weird. Uh, the doors, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, if I could pick anything for dinner tonight, I would absolutely pick Oreos. 
That's what I'm having for dinner uh, tonight. And kids, if you were in here and what you just yelled out, whether it was candy, donuts, Oreos, cupcakes, if your parents gave you that for dinner tonight, how excited would you be? I mean, how excited would you be? Like someone yelled. Excited, right? So that's just the first night. But say the next night they come and they give you Oreos again, and you're like, there's no way that this is happening. There's no way that this can be real. And they go, hey, what would you like to drink with uh, your Oreos? And they give you a pop, a root beer, with your Oreos for dinner. And, I mean, if I was a kid, I'd be sitting there and I'm like, this has to be a prank. Like, there's no way that this can be real. But what if it happens the third night and you go over to the next night and they say, tonight for dinner you're just going to have a bag of chips. And it just continues to happen night after night. You're getting this junk food for dinner and you're getting cookies and you're getting cake. And then you get a Rice Krispie treat. And then the fourth night you get a brownie. And you just keep having this junk food at first it probably would seem too good to be true and like you might have died and gone to heaven. But after a while, how do you think you'd feel if you were just eating junk food over and over again every night? You'd probably get sick, you'd probably get chubby, you'd probably be tired. I mean, I love junk food, this is actually my lunch today, but after a week or so, I'd probably get sick of it, right? You'd get sick of it. Well, Jesus kind of talks about the same thing uh, in a different respect. He kind of talks about our spiritual health and He calls himself the bread of life. He says in John 6, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will no no longer be hungry. Whoever comes to me and believes in me will no longer be thirsty. So if we're eating this junk food all all day, every day, for dinner, for lunch, sooner or later we're going to be exhausted, we're going to be tired, we're going to be out of shape. And the same thing with Jesus. Jesus is the bread of life. He is the nutrition that we need. He is the one and only person that can sustain us. So as good as this may seem, and as good as other things may seem, uh, Jesus is the actual one who gives us the nutrition that we need. And I actually just read this this morning. I was thinking about this. This might taste better at first. But, I mean, how many have ever got uh, the first thing that popped in my head, the, the chicken nugget, when they used to do, like, 50 chicken nuggets at McDonald's? And, I mean, you're just eating them, and you're eating them, and you're eating them. After a while, it kind of tastes like rubber, doesn't it? And in Psalm 34, it says, come and taste and see that the Lord is good. That Jesus does taste better in the end, and he is our nutrition. So if you guys want to stand back up, we're going to continue to worship, and I'm going to pray for us. God, we love you. We're so thankful that you are the bread of life. We're so thankful for all these kids in the room, God. Um, God, I just pray that you would... Keep your hand on them, that you would show them how much you love you, God, and just put people in their life that would love them well, love them like you love us. God, thank you so much that we can meet. Thank you for this service, this worship, God. I pray for Bruce as he brings the message, Lord, that you would just really speak through him, that we would be challenged, we would be uh, just drawn to you by your word. God, I pray anyone in here who doesn't know you as Savior, that they would, that they would choose to believe you, God, that you would prick their heart, God, that something from your word today would, would challenge them God, and I pray the person in here who's been a believer for so long that they would just feel, God, just rejoiceful today that we can be here. God, and I pray that you would just meet us exactly where we are today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're gonna take a couple of minutes here and sing a a relatively new song. Um, The lyrics talk about God's rule and his reign over everything in creation uh, and that our response to that is that we would love uh, the Lord our God with all of our heart and soul and mind, 
Um, so let's uh, take a few minutes here and meditate on these lyrics.
Amen. You may be seated. I invite you to turn in your Bibles with me to 1 John chapter 4 this morning. 1 John 4. We'll be looking at verses 1 through 6 in just a moment here. And uh, so good to be able to be back together. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, as I was preparing and anticipating being able to share on Sunday, uh, it took everything within me not to just throw everything out online ahead of time. I was so excited to be able to preach. And so um, now it's finally here that I have an opportunity to do that with you all. And so I'm so excited. Um, how many of you remember when you were in school, if you're still in school, maybe you still know this, uh, true and false questions on tests? How many of you remember the true false questions? You know, as a kid, when I would take a test, and if I wasn't quite sure about the answers for certain questions, I love the true and false questions because I had a 50-50 shot of getting the correct answer. If you weren't quite sure about the answers and you had a 50-50 shot, it gave you a little bit more of an opportunity than if it was fill in the blank where if you have no idea, you have no idea. But the true-false, I at least had a 50% shot. But it was almost like a dirty trick when it would be a true-false question and then you would have to answer if it's false, why it's false. Uh, so in other words, if it was false, you could say it's false, but then you have to tell why. How many of you remember those questions? True, false, but if false, correct it to make it true. And so you had to change the reason it was false. I used to just hate that. What's the point then of the 50-50 because it's not even there anymore? Uh, but what those tests did when you had to correct the false statement was you had to really know your stuff, right? You couldn't just guess. You couldn't just pick one and hope it was the right one. So in those situations, you just labeled everything as true because you didn't know how to correct the false statements. So taking my guess and just labeling everything true if you didn't know the answer because you had nothing to give, right? If you didn't know the reason it wasn't true. And so you had to really study and you really had to know your material so that you not only knew if something was true, but you could also spot something that was false and know why it was false. I want you to think about that as we get to 1 John chapter 4 this morning because John is going to present something in a very similar way where he's going to call on the believer in Jesus Christ to know what they believe. Let me say that again. John's going to call on the believer in Jesus Christ to know what they believe and to know why they believe it. John is going to begin this section in 1 John chapter 4 by asking believers to put teaching that they're hearing to the test. Let's look at this together. 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. John is going to call on the believer in Jesus Christ to put the teaching that they are hearing 
and that is being proclaimed to the test. And so I believe we're going to see really five key uh, points that I believe John is making in these six verses that I want us to look at this morning. The first point is this, be aware. Be aware. Look at verse 1 again. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. John is wanting them to, first of all, be aware of the falsehoods that exist. Be aware. He says, test the spirits. Now, John is going to say, test the spirits to see if they're from God. And why is he telling them to do that? Because many false prophets, many false teachers have come into the world. John is using synonymously the false prophet or the false teacher with a false spirit or false empowering that would be prevalent in their lives. And so John is saying, listen, believer in Christ, be aware that falsehoods exist. Be aware of the demonic presence that is prevalent in the world. Be aware of the false teachers and antichrists that are in the world. Be Aware. He wants them to have a heads up, if you will, about this. In the previous chapter, at the close of chapter 3 in verse 24, John is going to remind the believer that the one that has the Spirit of God in them, abiding in them, is the one that knows they are abiding in Christ. We know we belong to God, John says, and he abides in us by the Spirit in whom he has given us. And so John now, again, is making clear to the believer that there are those who belong to God and there are those who do not. Uh, There are those that uh, are part of the true fellowship of the believer in Jesus Christ and there are those who are not. There are those that obey the teaching of Christ and there are those who do not. And now John is wanting them again to be aware of the false teaching that is happening all around them. You'll remember as we began this series, we mentioned one of the reasons that John gave for writing this letter was to combat the false teaching that was rising up within even the church. Teaching that was denying that Jesus Christ was in fact the Son of God. Denying the deity concerning Jesus Christ. Denying the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. And John is now again helping them to be aware of the false spirits and false teaching that is going on in the world. You know, a couple days ago, I had a conversation with one of my daughters that was really upset. Uh, One of my girls said something very unkind to their sister. Believe it or not, that happens among siblings. And uh, one of my daughters said something very unkind to another one of them. She was joking when she said it, but the other one didn't take it as a joke. And so she was very upset about what was shared with her. And so I pulled her aside and I had a talk with her. And I said to her, I said, honey, you need to understand your sister was joking. And I know that that hurt you. But you also need to understand that there are going to be a lot of people as you grow up in this world that are not going to be kind. And I kind of laid it out for her, that talk of people will say mean things. And people will tell you things that are not true. People will tell things about you that are not true. And they'll say things to you that are hurtful. They'll say things to you that they want you to believe about yourself. But what's of greater value for you is to know what God says rather than what someone else says. And I shared with her that she's made in the image of God. And that God has made her and he knows her and cares for her. 
and all of the truth concerning uh, God and his relationship with his children and all that we know to be true of that. And I shared with her, I said, you need to care more and know more of what God says about you than what anybody else says because people will be mean and they'll say hurtful and mean things. Now, if you're a parent, you've maybe had that conversation with your children. If you are not a parent, maybe your parents had that conversation with you. If they didn't, you've learned it the hard way that people are mean. And you can't believe everything that everyone tells you. I believe that's what John is doing here for the believer, not in reference to people being mean, though, but in reference to the teaching that they're hearing concerning Christ, the very teaching that they're even hearing in the church. And John says, Beloved, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. John is helping them to understand and know that there is so much teaching that is being informed not by the Spirit of God, but by the presence of, of the devil and demonic spirits, by false spirits that are providing teaching that should be rejected. And you and I need to be aware this morning as believers that there are many false prophets, false teachers, false religions, false spirits in the world in which we live even today. In 1 Timothy chapter 1 or 4, chapter 4 verse 1, Paul said, "The spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons." There are many false teachers that are teaching many falsehoods today in the world in which we live. I want you to think for a minute all the way back in Genesis. When the serpent would go after Eve. And he would take what God has said. And he would ask her, did God really say that? That's not really true. Did God say that the, the day that you eat of this fruit you would die? You will not die. But you'll be like God. Satan as the deceiver wanting to take even what God has said and to deceive with even what God has said. You think about the temptation of Jesus when Satan desired to tempt Jesus. He would seek to take and manipulate God's word for his own choosing. And yet Christ would combat the temptation of Satan with the word of God. As believers, we cannot believe everything that we hear. As believers... We can't believe everything that we are told, but John makes it very clear, test what you hear. Test what is being taught. You've heard us tell you before from the front, and we'll say it again, if any pastor in this church or teacher in this church is teaching something that is contrary to what God's word says, then we need to be held accountable for that. And that kind of teaching must be rejected. But John wants them to be aware that this false teaching is in the world, it will continue to be in the world, and we must do our part to test what is being taught as to whether it is from God. Now, I believe he goes on and says, be informed. Be informed in verses 2 and 3. And I love how John begins verse 2 because after he says, test the spirits, test the teaching that you're hearing, a natural question that we could follow up to that is, well, how? Right? Test it. How, John? How should we do that? He tells us. Look at verses 2 and 3. Verse 2, he says, by this you know the Spirit of God. So here's what's great about what John says. You want to test the spirits. How do you know if what you're hearing and what is being taught is from God? 
And how do you know if it's from man? How do you know if the teaching that you're hearing and that you're receiving is from God? And how do you know if it's not from God, if it's from a false spirit or false teacher? How do you know? And this is what he says, verse 2. By this you know the Spirit of God. Here it is. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Here's the litmus test. Here's how you know. And it's centered on and around Jesus. Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. Jesus Christ, the focal point. Jesus is the key here. This is how you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and everyone that does not is not from God. John is not only making it abundantly clear how we know the teaching is from the Spirit of God, but he's also making it abundantly clear how we know if the teaching is coming from the devil or from a demon or from a false teacher, and it centers around Jesus. Jesus Christ. Listen this morning. I feel like we need to hear this. Any teaching, any doctrine, any belief system, any religion, any movement, any following that does not teach the birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ as found in God's word, that does not teach the gospel of Jesus Christ as presented so clearly in Scripture, that does not preach Christ crucified, risen, and coming again, that does not preach Jesus Christ as alone the way, the truth, and the life, that does not preach Christ alone as sufficient for salvation, as the only name given among men whereby we must be saved, any teaching or doctrine or movement or religion that does not say that Jesus Christ is sufficient and enough is not from God. And it must be rejected. And John says, this is how you know the Spirit of God. This is how you know the teaching that is from God. The one that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. The whole work concerning Jesus. John started his letter by saying, That which you have heard, which we have seen, which our eyes have seen, and our hands have handled, that which we have seen with our own eyes, and we've heard concerning the word of life. John tells them from the outset, You know what you've heard and what you've believed in, the truth concerning Jesus Christ. And any spirit that would teach something contrary to that, any teaching or doctrine contrary to that is not from God. Anybody who says there is another way or means to heaven is not from God. Anyone who says you must work or earn your way to heaven is not from God. Anyone who says that you and I have the power within ourselves to save ourselves or make ourselves right with God is not from God. And John says, be informed of this. Be informed. Know what you believe and why you believe it. This is why the doctrine of Christology is so valuable and necessary and important that we know what we believe in Jesus. The doctrine concerning God's Son, Jesus Christ our Savior, is of prime importance. Believer in Christ We need to be informed today about what we know to be true from God's word concerning Jesus. 
Be informed. I remember when I was in high school, one of the items that was just a hot item that I remember when I was in high school that I always wanted to have year after year was Air Jordan basketball shoes. Air Jordans. They're still like completely popular. People pay ridiculous amounts of money to get Air Jordans today. And as soon as they go on sale, they're, they're gone. But I remember growing up, my parents would allot a certain amount of money that would be used for school shoes, we called them. And at the beginning of the school year, we could go buy some shoes. And so they had a certain amount of money. But the amount of money they would put towards that was not enough for me to buy Air Jordan. So I would have to supplement their school shoe money with my own money. And so I would, I would work and, and save and all this other stuff to be able to buy the shoes I wanted. But I remember after, I don't know what point it was. It might have been when I was like maybe a senior in high school, maybe even in the college was when there started to be some buzz and, and even some websites um, where you could get counterfeit Air Jordans. They still have those today, where you can get these shoes that they look like the real thing, but they're not, but they're also a lot less money. And so, so some of these shoes that were Air Jordans that, that were supposed to be, you know, the Air Jordan 4s, they were supposed to look a certain way, and you knew what they were supposed to look like, to look at them from a distance, you'd be like, man, those look just like those shoes. But they would even start putting out videos and how-tos to know how to spot the fake from the original, how to spot the fake from the authentic. And so I would familiarize myself with all of those things to know what I was getting was the real thing. And it was really important once people started selling them individually because you might get a knockoff and you don't know it. And so there are all these things you can look for to know that you're getting the authentic real deal when you're looking for your coveted Air Jordans. And, and I think that's still even the case today. I mean, I know you could buy knockoffs of those even today. But some people would spend a, a lot of money on what they thought was the real thing, but it was not. But they weren't informed. They didn't know how to spot the fakes. And sadly, I think that is so true for many believers in Christ. We don't truly know what we believe. What is true and what is false in many areas concerning Christ? John is calling on the believer here to test the Spirit and to know the Spirit of God, to spot the teaching that is from the Spirit of God and spot the teaching that is not from God. And you and I cannot do that as believers in Christ if we are not informed. We as believers in Christ need to be about the hard work of studying, examining, and knowing God's word so that we know what we believe and why we believe it. It's not enough simply to listen to a preacher preach or a teacher teach. We have the responsibility to study the word of God. To know what we believe and why we believe it. 2 Timothy 2, 15-17, Paul says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. We need to be informed. We need to study God's word because there is much false teaching that is going on in the world we live in. And many people are following it. Many people are believing it. Might that not be true for you and I? 
probably all of us can share something that we heard either growing up in church or heard from our family or heard from someone that we always thought was in God's word, but it is not. We need to be diligent in knowing and studying God's word. Now, I want to pause for a moment because this could be like really troubling at this point. If you're a believer and you're, John's writing all of this, it could be discouraging. <laughs> I mean, think about what all John has said to this point. He, he presents the truth concerning Christ and the gospel, right? But then he kind of shifts to how you know you're a follower of Christ. But then he shifts to false teachers and antichrists that are already in the world. He shifts to the children of the devil and how the children of the devil are, uh, are haters of those that love God and they don't understand us, they don't know us. He shifts to, you know, those that are about uh, the devil's business. Now he shares in chapter 4 that, listen, there's all kinds of false teaching going on and, and false spirits that are leading this teaching, and you have to be on your guard, and you have to test the spirits and know what you believe because there's so many prevalent around the world in which you live, and you can take all that in as a believer, and you'd be like, man, holy cow, like i got to be aware. i got to be in, informed. I have to know that all these things are going on, and it can feel overwhelming. It can feel discouraging. It can feel like, well, what do I do? But what I love about what happens next is I believe... John inserts a beautiful reminder in verse 4 here of chapter 4, which leads to my third point, is that is be encouraged. Beware, be informed, and now I believe John is giving encouragement. Be encouraged. Look at verse 4 and think of how great this passage is. Little children, this is just this term of endearment. John, as a spiritual father to these to these Christians, to these followers of Christ, references them here as he did elsewhere in his letter already. Verse 4, Dear children, or little children, you are from God and have overcome them. Dear children, little children, you are from God and you have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. In the midst of all that's going on here, in the midst of all that John is offering, all that John is instructing them, the false teaching and the children of the devil and the haters of God and the haters of the truth and the ones that don't understand or know God or know those that are of God and being on your guard and being aware and being informed and testing the spirits in the midst of all that's going on, John John offers a sincere and I believe perfectly timed reminder here. Little children, you are from God. You are from God and you have overcome them. The world, the false teachers, those that are in the world, you are from God and you have overcome them. Why? How? Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Can I get an amen to that? The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Be encouraged. Be encouraged that as bad as things might seem or get, the one who is in you is greater Be encouraged that no matter how dark things seem, the one who is in you is greater. Be encouraged that no matter how many or how great the opposition seems to be, you have overcome them because the one that is in you is greater, period, than anyone, than anything. We are 
children of God, belong to God, are part of the family of God, are unified in God, loved by God, known by God, from God, that's our identity. That's the encouragement that we have today. John says this in 1 John 3, 1-3, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called the children of God, and so we are. We are God's children. And I believe John inserts this as this reminder, as this encouragement, as this stirring up to confidence and boldness and belief that you are from God and you have overcome the world. Because the one who is in you is greater. I, I love watching videos that are out online right now of, of guys that are lifting weights and they're looking to set a personal record for their weightlifting. So if they're going to be trying a bench press, that's going to be a new personal record for them. Some of you have seen this. Sometimes it's teams, like a football team. They're all like huddled around this guy that's getting ready to try this, this lifting that's going to be like a new personal record for him. And they're all huddled around him. And they're like, you know, they'll be hitting him on the shoulders. And they're trying to get him psyched up. And he's sitting there and he's getting himself psyched up. And then he goes and he lays down on the bench. And he's down there and he's getting ready. And people are screaming and they're yelling. And they're all standing around the bench. They're like, you got, get it. You got, come on. Like they're all yelling. And they look like they're all about to like bust veins because they're all pumped up and hyped up, and he's getting it, and as he's starting to push it up, just when he's about to finish it, everybody's screaming and yelling and getting him pumped up, and then when he finishes it, he sits up and everybody just tackles him, and they're, they're so excited and they're so pumped up for him, and he's like flexing to it. I love those videos. They're so hyped up. It makes you immediately want to go like, nothing really makes me want to run, so that would be inaccurate. It makes you want to go do something that exerts energy when you see something like that. Why? Because there's such like a excitement and build up and, and strength that comes with that and everybody is in it together and everybody wants to see this succeed and happen and everybody wants to see success happen here. I, that's what I think of when I read verse 4. There's this, this what looks like an un, unsurmountable odds in front, a mountain that has to be climbed uh, false teaching and false spirits and children of the devil and haters of God and haters of those that love God and opposition all around. And in the midst of all of that, John says, little children, little children, listen, you are from God. As you go out this week, as we go out this week as children of God, do not forget, do not lose sight. You in Christ, you are from God. You belong to God. And you have overcome the world because of the one that is in you. Because of his power and his strength. His ability, not our own. Greater is the one that is in you than he that is in the world. Be encouraged today as a believer in Jesus Christ. Be encouraged. I, I don't know what more John could have said here to encourage them. There is power, confidence, peace, hope, joy, assurance. Be encouraged. I believe John goes on and, and he wants them forth to be reminded. Look at verse 5. They, speaking of those that are in the world and of the world, they are from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. John reminds them again that those that do not know God, those that do not belong to God, will not understand or love God. 
Those that are not from God, those that are from the world, will love the world and the things of the world. John covered this previously where he tells them, do not love the world or the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him for all that is in the world. All that is in the world. And he goes on to talk about the the lust and the pride and, and all that that encompasses is not from the Father, but it's from the world. And he reminds them again, be reminded, those that do not know God are from the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. Back in 1 John chapter 3, look at verses 7 to 10. Revisit that with me. 7 to 10 in chapter 3, John says, little children. He addresses them the same way here. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not from God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. John reminds them yet again, they, the ones that do not know God, do not follow Christ, do not teach Christ. They are not from God. They are from the world, and they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. I think it's important for us to understand as believers, just because someone has a large following of people does not mean that they are teaching from God. Just because someone's teaching or message happens to garner support or acknowledgement from a large gathering of people does not mean God is behind it. Just because a religious entity or belief system has thousands and thousands or millions and millions of followers does not mean it is from God. John says they are from the world, they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. False teachers, false spirits... Those that serve the devil and are children of the devil will follow that teaching. Be reminded today that those who do not know God will not seek to honor God and there will be many who will follow. This should not come as a surprise for us as believers. I believe John concludes verses 1 through 6 by reminding the believer to be sure, to be sure. He says in verse 6, we are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. John says, listen, we are from God. John speaking not only of himself, but those that preached and proclaimed the message of the gospel concerning Jesus Christ. That which John said from the very beginning of his letter. That which John proclaimed in his gospel. He tells them, we are from God, and what you have heard from us is from God. And those that are from God know this, and they listen to us. And whoever is not from God does not listen to us. That is how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. John reminds them with great surety that the message that they've heard, the message that he has proclaimed, the message concerning Christ that has been received is from God, and anyone who believes in God will believe that truth, will believe and know that message, and the one who rejects it, the one who does not believe, who does not follow, is not from God. This is how we know the spirit of truth, John says, in the spirit of error. And I would challenge us today, as those that say we know Christ, to be sure who we have believed in. 
to be sure of what we say we have believed in, to know and be sure in who it is that we stand. For if you are here today and your salvation, your hope of eternity is not in Christ alone, by the grace of God alone, then you are standing in something that is offering you nothing. Because it is only Jesus, only the gospel of Jesus Christ, that is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who would believe. I believe John makes clear here. He wants believers to be aware. He wants them to be informed He wants them to be encouraged, to be reminded, and to be sure of the message they have believed in. Knowing the spirit of truth and being able to identify the spirit of error that was so prevalent then and is so prevalent now. Let us be about the diligent work of knowing Christ, of what we believe And why we believe it. Of not only being able to answer true. When we hear teaching that is true. Not only being able to say false. When there's teaching that is false. But to know why. Because we know God's word. And we believe it. Let's pray together. Father we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth of the word of God. Thank you for the reminder that John provides here, the necessity for believers to test the Spirit, to know what teaching is from you, Lord, and what should be rejected. I pray that you would give each one of us the desire as your children to know Christ, to study your word, to be informed, so that we might Believe what you would have us to believe and reject what you would have us to reject. God, help us, help us to know you, to live for you, and proclaim you in truth to a world that is lost without you. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.